Welcome to episode 16 of the Process Breakdown Podcast. So how does one systematize a business whereby every minute counts and your clients depend on you to deliver results within a specific deadline? In this interview, my guest reveals how she was able to systematize her medical courier business so that deliveries are always made to her clients on time. Before we get started, a quick word from our sponsors. Are you tired of being a bottleneck in your business? Do you want to get everything out of your head? and document step-by-step how you get tasks done so your employees know what you know, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. And now, let's get started with the interview. My name is Owen Megabinawa, and welcome to Process Breakdown, where I bring on successful entrepreneurs to come on here and reveal how they've been able to create systems and processes for their business that now enable them to run their business on autopilot without their constant involvement. And my guest today, her name is Tammy Patterson. She's the CEO of City Springs, which is the medical career uh, uh, service in, in, in Texas. Tammy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. So what exactly does your company do and what big pain do you solve for your customers? Well, um, we are a medical delivery service, and so the the pain that we uh, solve for the client is we are uh, we deliver peace of mind. So when our couriers arrive to pick up medical specimens or tissue or um, hearts or not hearts, excuse me, livers or any kind of organ, um, our couriers are specially trained in, in picking up those type of highly sensitive specimens. Mm-hmm. And so it, it gives the client peace of mind knowing that our couriers are highly trained in that uh, regard. Uh, they're also very professional looking and um, we deliver uh, quickly. And we also have true chain of custody. So what that means is we are picking up the specimen, scanning the barcode that's attached to the specimen, actually doing the delivery, and then scanning off when we're making the delivery and obtaining a, a physical signature. Uh, and we do it all digitally. And we, we use no paper. It's mm-hmm. all computer and real time as well. And, and your customer are the hospitals, right? Like Right. We serve as hospitals, diagnostic labs, uh, transplant uh, or, you know, uh, companies that uh, specialize in uh, recovery of organs, etc. Um, we serve as pharmacies. So anything that's in the medical profession. Definitely. And so uh, one of the things that we also like to do on this show is we like to tell uh, the listeners now the scale of the, you know, your business so they can get behind the scenes to see, you know, how well your business is doing. So. How many full-time employees do you currently have? Well, we have 14 uh, employees that are in the operations, and then we have 45 uh, drivers or couriers that are out and about in the Dallas, Fort Worth, uh, Austin, and San Antonio areas. And, and what was last year's annual revenue and probably what you expected uh, to do this year? Right. Uh, last year's annual revenue was 3.1. This year, somewhere around 3 million. And then uh, next year, we're projecting 4.5 million. And we're doing some acquisitions. Uh, we've got some lined up for 2014, so we're really excited about 2014. Uh, we'll be rolling out a specialty medical service. We're going to, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we're city sprint, so I'd say 60% of our business is medical and 30% is critical parts, and we do work for uh, lab, excuse me, uh, some of the large uh, firms like uh, Gulfstream, uh, aircraft on ground, any parts delivered to them quickly. Yeah. We also do work with um, Halliburton. Yeah. And where they need parts delivered to the oil field, et cetera. But in terms of the medical, we're going to carve it out and have a specific, uh, highly niche, specialized courier service just for the medical. 
and it'll have a, a unique name, etc. Yeah. Tie in, obviously, it'll be a division of City Sprint. Yeah, and I was doing some research on your company, and it, it, it seems that it's actually a franchise on its own, and you are a franchisee, right? No, we're not really a franchise. We do have a partnership or what we call an LLC with the other uh, city sprints around the U.S. Um, okay. And But yet we all each own our own individual company, but we do collaborate and work with one another in these other cities. Oh, okay. uh, also, also, we may work with the city sprint in the U.K., but it is owned by itself. Oh, so please correct me because it's in my research was not correct. Because I thought when I was researching that, it, that it's a franchise and you guys were franchising. So, so, so what happened? No. Now, we, we would like to, we may eventually franchise because we do own the assets of 1-800-DELIVER, 1-800-DELIVER.COM, the phone number 1-800-DELIVER, obviously, and uh, City Sprint. Okay, okay, so I guess I have to do more work on my research because I, I was, because I went up to the main site, and this is okay. why, I, the listener might be wondering why I'm saying this, I went to the main site and it showed me the different uh, states in the U.S., Right. and so I was thinking that it's a, bigger company that you guys had to franchise from. Anyways, you're saying that's not the case. Is it the case in the UK that they're, they're franchised and they're selling out the franchise in the UK and different in the US? I'm curious. It, well, you know, I'm not sure about the UK. I think they are uh, wholly owned by a group themselves in the UK and okay. they've you know, grown through acquisitions and some organic growth. Okay. So, but here, here in the States, we, you know, we each own our own company, but okay. we do collaborate and work together um, as City Sprint or 1-800-DELIVER. Okay, and so far, what would you say was the lowest point in your business and describe how bad it got? Well, you know, I, I will tell you, uh, it's interesting. The lowest point in my business has actually been this past year. Uh, in January, I lost my business partner to cancer. Sorry and to she, about had, that. she had been my business partner for almost 30 years. And so, um, you know, how we've had to navigate through that, uh, through the, you know, the unthinkable, obviously, of losing a business partner has certainly had its challenges, um, but you know, we've, we've prevailed and, and we're continuing to move forward. Our mission is still the mission to provide high-quality medical delivery service, um, not only in Dallas-Fort Worth, but Texas and beyond, and, uh, you know, the business partner would want us to continue on. You know, some of the challenges, though, that we had with this is, you know, assuring or reassuring the customer that, um, even though we've had this huge loss and it's a void in our operation, um, but that we had enough systems in place that, and processes that the client, in most cases, didn't even know that we had had this loss of, uh, of a leader. Okay. And so, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and that's a good thing to know because, you know, you've been able to systematize the company so that even when this happens, you know, you can still move forward and still deliver results to uh, your customers. And so you mentioned during the pre-interview that uh, in the, before you guys used to struggle with managing technology and HR and even accounting. Let's talk about right. that a little bit. Yeah, because, you know, we would struggle with that and struggle from the standpoint of hiring someone to be on our payroll, our staff, to do these functions that we felt, in essence, were not real time. That's not what we're in business to do. We're in business to uh, deliver high-quality uh, uh, you know, packages or specimens or whatever, irreplaceables in a timely manner. And, and sometimes we're dealing it within 45 minutes, an hour, two-hour deliveries. It's not like we have the next day to make deliveries. Yeah. And so um, what we realize is that all our focus, our energy should be in doing that, not worrying about getting the billing out or, 
worrying about accounting or whether the computers are running properly, etc. So the idea was to outsource all that, what we call our back office. We don't need to be focused on that uh, in the company. So we went about that process of outsourcing our HR, our payroll, our accounting, um, and also we outsource um, our technology. The other thing that we did was in 2004, we decided to go on the cloud. We found a software vendor uh, that could offer us a cloud product uh, for our operational our operation software. You said a name. You, you can feel free to say the name. We want right. to share as many and, resources. And the name of the possible. software is eCourier, okay. and it's specifically uh, developed for the courier industry. Mm-hmm. And um, we just thought that in 2004, this is really cutting edge. I mean, it, you know, certainly it had some uh, – we had concerns about, you know, well, we don't have control over our data. Uh, it's out in the cloud. Could anybody access it? But, you know, certainly over the years, those those concerns and fears have you know, been squashed because none of it came true. We haven't had any issues with someone stealing data. We haven't had any issues in not, quote, unquote, housing the data here locally. And let's dive into that whole thing of uh, how you solved the problem because you realized, okay, now you had to outsource parts of your business so you can focus on your core, which is delivering right. this, this, this uh, packages to your customers, that, that critical packages that need to get on time. And all the other stuff was, you know, kind of a distraction, so you decided to outsource. So let's, let's, let's talk about a few of them. You said you outsource HR to by util, utilizing uh, PEOs? Uh, right, right, a PEO, and yeah. the name of the company is Insperity. So primarily what we do is we co-employ our employees. What is a PEO? Because the listener might be wondering what that is. Uh, it is a professional employment organization. Okay. So basically, they manage all, the, all our HR, so uh, obviously there's a fee to that, but uh, we feel that the fee outweighs, you know, all the the value that they bring to the team. And they work with us on uh, developing our core values, our mission statement, developing our employees. Uh, we have training that, and, and access to training 24-7 through this uh, organization and their portal. Um, they also process our payroll. They run reports. Uh, anytime I have an HR issue, they're there for me. Um, so I, I felt like that uh, this certainly made sense because we are not in the HR business. We want to focus on delivering quality service to the client. So they, they, they help you with HR and benefits for, the, for your employees. That's basically what they do, right? Exactly. Okay. What's your name again so that the listener can… Insperity. Uh, Insperity. Insperity, right. And, and you mentioned that you outsource marketing. Can you talk about that in detail? Yes. Uh, we've hired a gentleman uh, by the name of Victor Ornelius, and he's actually a, a coach slash marketing specialist. And what he does is he comes in and visits with our sales team on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. um, and he guides us through our marketing profile. We've developed, uh, we've developed our marketing plan. And so he helps us with the execution of it. And also he helps bring in outside vendors to assist us in this marketing plan, whether we need collateral materials printed or we need PR done, such as what we're doing here with uh, your organization. We're trying to get the word out about what City Sprint is all about, especially City Sprint Medical here in, in Texas. Yeah, and then you mentioned that you during the pre-interview that you outsource accounting. Uh, can you dive into details about what you did with that? And uh, we'll probably yeah, in terms stuff. of outsourcing, outsourcing accounting, um, basically what we do is our, our accountant has access to our QuickBooks, and so they can remote in at any time and uh, 
do bank reconciliation, uh, you know, cash receipts, uh, any kind of P&L information that they may need or that I may need, it can be quickly pulled just through that portal of, of you know, logging in or connecting with us through our um, QuickBooks. One thing you so, also mentioned, go ahead, are you done? Yeah, I'm done. And one thing you mentioned is that regarding uh, outsourcing your back office, one of the unique things I like about it is that you said you make use of people who work from home. Can you talk about Absolutely. that and how, that, how does yeah. that work? One of the things that we also liked about going into the cloud with our operating software was the fact that we can we can answer the phone, dispatch, uh, do any kind of reporting, accounting, whatever, remotely. So we don't actually have to have uh, an office, but we choose to because it, we just feel it's a central location. Yeah. But that's one of the things that's uh, really uh, lended uh, the flexibility is the software being in the cloud. So as long as I have an Internet connection, I can dispatch, I can take an order, I can, uh, you know, work with drivers. I can work with our accountant, whatever. So, I mean, clearly the Internet has changed the way we do business. And, and, so, it's also, and it has also changed our business as well. You know, before, uh, before 9-11, we were heavy into delivering documents, title work, legal paper. It just, mm -hmm. you know, it was very highly um, regarded as that was what the courier world was. Yeah. And then after 9-11, when everything began and the Internet became uh, more and more used, um, it became apparent that digital is taking our business away. The paper's going away. So we had to focus. We had to shift our focus. And so it was in medical that we found um, success. It's, yeah. But it is, you know, it. Um, we considered it at one time, Medical being a, a one-off, a distraction, yeah. because you have to train the couriers. They have to know about OSHA. They have to know about spill kits. They have to have special equipment, etc. Yeah. But nowadays, that's a norm. It's not a one-off. Yeah, and, and so it's how we do business. And, and so before you got to the point where your business is actually systematized right now, and we're going to talk about you know details about behind the scenes right now. But I want to go back to to the point where when it wasn't systematized, when there was kind of a little bit chaos in the, behind the scenes, what were the very first things you did to create a system for the business back then? Back then was um, probably going um, on a computer. Actually putting the beginning to capture the data in a computer. You know, used to it was highly manual. You know, you take an order, write it down on a piece of paper, yeah. and then pin it on a board underneath a driver name. <laughs> but, you know, it's clearly, you know, uh, computerizing uh, the process of dispatch and capturing that data in one location mm -hmm. uh, revolutionized our business. And then uh, when the Internet came, it even uh, revolutionized it more, made us more efficient. Uh, the data moves faster, quicker, cleaner, um, and we're doing more with less. Okay, so love that. And, and we have we have real we have live, uh, real time updates as well. I mean, it's it's instantaneously. You know, used to you would go out and you maybe capture data on a device and you had to come back and download it at the end of the day. All, everything is real time now. So I, I think that the first thing you mentioned was okay. In order to systematize, it, you have to figure out organize all the data and put it into one system, right? Right. But besides that, what else? I'm trying to give the listener, uh, you know, listening, you know, okay, this is how she did it, you know. First thing was organize all the data, get it out of being manually collected and put it into one place. What was the next thing you did? Well, in terms of systems, uh, you know, we started, we looked at um, 
We looked at all the things that we touch. You know, why are we touching this data so many times throughout the day? We need to touch it once, and we want to automate it as much as possible. So, for example, when we enter an order into the system, we want it to automatically price correctly. Uh, we assign it to a driver. We want it to automatically pay the driver correctly. Mm-hmm. And then when we close out the delivery, we want to invoice the client correctly. Uh, and also make sure when we close out this job that it's captured, that we've captured the data up front. We cleanse the data before we even assign it to a driver. So therefore, we don't have to touch that anymore. All we have to do at the end of the day or end of the week or the end of the month is hit a button and generate invoices and electronically as well. Yeah, and one of the things you mentioned when I was uh, doing the pre-interview when I was talking about systems that you have, you said that you have a system in your company where every function at CitySprint they have at least three people who can perform it. Let's talk right. about that. Why did you put that in place in first? Well, the, one of the things that we found that if someone was out, who knew how to do their work? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and when I say work, whether it's someone who's in customer service or someone who's dispatching or even a driver mm-hmm. who runs a route, uh, we needed backup because we never want the client to see a cease in service. Yeah. So we felt like if we trained three deep, then uh, if one person is out, the other person can fill in. And if, and if that person is not available, we at least have a third backup. And we do that in every function and position in this company. So anyone that works for us does not just do one job. They will learn several jobs, but their primary function is what they're good at, and, and that's what they do day in and day out. But they all know that at any given time, they might be pulled to do another position or fill another position. Can you give me an example of how that 3D system you have has actually been beneficial? In the oh, combined? absolutely. For example, you know, we, we, every day we, we may deliver over 500 medical deliveries a day, mm-hmm. especially in the hospital district. And we, we have five to six foot couriers in this one area that are doing nothing but picking up and moving specimens all day, whether it's specimens or tissues or biopsies or whatever. And if one of those couriers is out, that customer, we don't want the customer or the patient to ever feel or see a cease in service. You know, whether, uh, you know, if the courier's not here, well, we didn't get your test because the courier wasn't here to courier the, you know, the, the biopsy results back and forth, et cetera. So uh, our goal was and is to train backup for that. So if there's ever someone out and, you know, that can happen, I mean, life just happens, we can quickly shift another individual into that position that knows that route. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, from the standpoint of, okay, if every employee is probably going to be able to do some other roles in the company, and you want to say every task you have three people being able to do it, right. uh, how, how, do you, how do you load balance it? Because that, given someone I say load balance, because what if there's a situation where, oh, has there been a situation where there's not enough people for that task in the three deep level didn't work? How, how do you make... Do you understand the question I'm asking? Right. I mean, how does that? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I think I do. Um, in terms of how do you balance that? Uh, you know, there there are times that we do run short. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, for example, I know very. I know several positions here in this company that I can function. Yeah. Uh, you know, I may not be the best at it, but I can at least get in and, and do that that role or play that role. Yeah. And that, that is expected of every manager, every employee, and even drivers. We want them to know other things besides just what they do because then they become more valuable to the company. I we totally have understand. depth at that point as well. 
I totally understand. And so um, one, of the, one of the questions that my listeners like is when I ask the guests to say, okay, imagine your business as a conveyor belt. On one side is someone who's not yet a customer who doesn't know about you guys, or maybe he's interested about this, you know, the service. Mm-hmm. But on the other end of the conveyor belt is a happy customer who you deliver the results to. But behind the scenes, there's this conveyor belt that's connecting the guy who doesn't know you to the guy who has used your service and loves you. But there are mm-hmm. parts of your business connecting back and forth to make that happen. So let's talk about how, you know, how do we get the person who uh, to sign up for the service to the point where they now are using the service and they love you guys. What are the things behind the scenes that make that happen? Right. So, you know, what we call, we call that onboarding process and then mm-hmm. unmet expectations. So when we have a client who we're, we're courting, I'll say that, and, um, there's a high possibility that they're going to come on. What we do is we collaborate with them. Um, we want to get uh, up front what their expectations are of our service. And then we lay out a plan, a plan of action of how we're going to execute and bringing on this client. And we do an onboarding process, and everyone in the team is involved in it. We have key players that we appoint to the team. You know, with, from, um, say, a customer service standpoint to, uh, which is capturing the data to dispatch. We'll have a dispatcher involved. We'll also have someone that's in the back office involved as well. So we all come together as a team and we work with the client's team to onboard that process to, so right up front, we get agreement in what is expected. And then our mission is to carry that out and execute flawlessly. So by the, you know, the end of a two weeks or three weeks, the client is like, I am so glad I came with, I chose City Sprint because here's what they did. And, the, you know, they responded quickly. They knew up front what our expectations were and they executed and they executed flawlessly. So, but, so I don't know if I answered your question there. Yeah, I was trying to figure out like, okay, so now there's the onboarding part where you meet together and you set expectations so they know what to expect. But then now, when you get past the onboarding part, what are the deliverable part where you're actually delivering or maybe you call it a production part? I was trying to figure out how that works. How it works is, uh, well, I mean, obviously we have a task list because it depends on what clients we're onboarding. You know, if it's a huge process, it's, you know, say it's quite a few deliveries a day, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we have a task list and then we have timelines that we have to meet and then we set it's a live date. And then after the live date, we have weekly meetings that we meet with the client and we assess, okay, are we meeting the expectations? What issues or challenges have we had? And what are the corrective actions? And, you know, let's face it, we, we're not perfect. There are times when there, there may be a mistake or an error made. But what we do is we have what is called a corrective action report. We analyze the situation. We, um, we recover from the failure. And then we put systems in place to prevent it from happening again. And one of the things that we hear over and over from our clients is the fact that we respond quickly when there is an issue and we resolve it and so it doesn't occur again. And they like that resolve, that, that response. So let me even see if I can make the question a little bit more precise. So I guess now you've onboarded the clients and then every now and then there's going to be a request for maybe they want to deliver a, a heart or something, right? From, right. From, yeah. So they, they press the button or whatever system they have on their end that right, we have this heart that we want to transplant and we want you to deliver. Behind right. the scenes, how do you guys take it over from there? It's, it's what I'm trying to get at. Okay. So uh, what the client does is they, they call in the order and they say, you know, they tell us what it is, mm-hmm. where we're going to pick it up from, and where they want us to deliver it. So from that point on, once we touch that uh, specimen or kidney or whatever, we're scanning 
mm-hmm. uh, in their, their uh, barcode, uh, and we call this chain of custody. Uh, we capture that data at the time that we pick up, and then uh, we deliver the specimen or the uh, organ to the destination, and we scan off, and that scan has to match, and then we capture the signature of the, the recipient who's signing for it, um, and then, then our job is done. So, but there, but there are times that, you know, we have to, um, coordinate deliveries with other vendors as well. So, say we're picking up, uh, in Galveston, Texas, and they, they want us to ship it to Oklahoma City. Yeah. So we, we would arrange for a crew to pick it up in Galveston, take it to the airport, tender it to the, uh, the airlines, and then we retrieve it here in Dallas, and we drive it to Oklahoma City, or we may even fly it on into Oklahoma City, those kind of things. So there are times when, yeah, there are times when you guys handle the entire thing all the way to the end, but there are times when you hand it off over to a partner, but then you also correct. manage it and make sure that even though the partner is taking it over, that it, it reaches the destination and it at least gets hands off to the to, to the customer at that point. Right, and, and our job is to verify that and make sure that it did get delivered correctly. Understand. And so one thing now is I see how the business is systematized and is working, you know, the way it should work. But, you know, when you were creating systems for it, there, there must have been challenges uh, when, when you initially tried to create a system. And how did you solve them? Well, yeah, I mean, certainly there are challenges. And how we solve them is, it, number one, you, you, um, you review it, you measure it, and then you correct if you need to correct. But, you know, at, from measuring it, okay, what's working, what's not working. Yeah. Uh, there's a cost to that. I mean, it takes time to train folks on other positions. You know, some people don't do, have any of that. But, we, you know, we always have redundancy. We have redundancy not only in our people, but we have redundancy in our technology. Um, we have redundancy in our communication equipment because we never want to – not have a connection to our operating software or a connection to the customer. It is so important because we are 24-7. Okay. And so one of the challenges during the printer, you said, is the whole thing with uh, you know, constantly having to train. You know, it never mm-hmm. ceases. So uh, that's a challenge, but how, how do you solve that, though? Well, I, you know, obviously we are constantly training, uh, and we have to schedule. I mean, scheduling is all part of that. And, you know, we're looking at, okay, do we have a backup for this router? Do we have a backup for this position? And how many backups do we have? And, and then we also have a plan of action. When, and we rehearse these things. It's almost like an a emergency procedure mm-hmm. uh, manual that we have. You know, here's what you do if this, this, and this happens. Because, like I said, life happens, and especially – in our industry, we never know when a career is going to have a flat tire, an accident, get sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it just – or the weather. We can't predict the weather, et cetera. So we have challenges, uh, but we, and we practice these. You know, we practice handoffs. We practice um, – you know, certainly we don't do it when it's busy. You know, when we're busy, it's all hands on deck, and everything stops, and, and the whole focus is on the customer. Yeah, and, you know, when, when you're trying to systematize a business, and like you mentioned, you have challenges, and, then, you know, you're constantly training uh, and, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. But I, I'm curious, how, how do you stay committed at that, at that point uh, to this new direction of systematizing your company? How do you stay committed to it, even though there's challenges involved? Well, because we know at the end of the day, the end result is going to be that we're a more efficient, well-run company. 
And, you know, uh, we always say, well, what keeps you up at night, right? And mm -hmm. that would keep me up at night if we did not have backup, if we did not have systems in place. So I, re I rest and I sleep well knowing <laughs> that, it's, you know, if this, this and this happens, we have a plan. We have a backup plan. That's awesome. I, I mean, that just ha having the end goal in mind is, you know, it just keeps you moving forward towards getting, you know, the very, the next step. What what next you need to document and systematize, you know, well, there's the end goal right. in mind. Let's just do this one first right now. And right. It takes steps to get there. And so, you said, uh, now that you you have a system for everything that you guys do, uh, I'm trying to figure out uh, how do your employees know exactly step by step what they have to do for your task? What, what well, we have, have in place for that? Right. We have checklists and, and daily duties uh, and expectations of each position. Every, every employee has a job description. They know what their primary function is, but they also know who I'm backup for. You, you, know, for ex uh, you know, our customer service, for mm -hmm. example, mm -hmm. if uh, one of the girls calls in sick or a guy, um, they know that they have to call their backup. And then they have to notify their supervisor that that's what they've done. Same way as a driver. You mm -hmm. know, our drivers, we ask them to have backup. And if you can't, you know, you, you commit to a certain time for us uh, on a daily basis and you're committing to the client. And we need to know in, in, in a timely manner if you can't make those obligations or commit to that time frame. So it's a team effort. We're all in this together. And, you know, and again, we always begin with the end in mind, we always think out there and think outside the box as well. We challenge the status quo. Um, we are never, you know, if if we become complacent, then that's not good. We're not moving forward. You mentioned, and, and that's one thing that I don't uh, believe in. You mentioned during the pre-interview that you have, uh, one of the things you guys do is you, you communicate daily, but there's a th three top objectives that they have to yep. follow, and, and that helps to explain that. Right. I think that uh, in any organization, if the employees or the, the workers don't know what the top three objectives of the company are, then they're not fulfilling the mission of the company. And, and, and is the objectives, okay. are the objectives like general objectives for the entire company or is it specific to the role? I'm trying no, to, it, to understand no, how it's it is. general. It's, it's mm -hmm. overall. What is the company, you know, overall, what are the top three objectives of the company? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the objectives that we have for this year is profitability, education, and growth. Mm -hmm. So if I could go to any employee and say, quick, tell me what are the top three objectives of this company for this year. Well, we want to grow by 15%. We, we want to continuously educate ourselves. And then we want to be profitable. We want at least 45% gross profit. So they know these things, and we involve them in this process. And, and then, and then for this next year, we're mm -hmm. we're currently developing our top our objectives for this next year. We had a strategy meeting in October, and this next week, actually in December, the first week of December, we will be rolling out our objectives for 2014. And I'm curious, even as they have the over you know, the overview three top objectives, is this something that gets translated down to a specific role, like how those three objectives matter? specifically in their role? Is that yes, and we, yes, and we talk about that. And, and we want and we hope that their objectives, what they, they want to accomplish in their role, is in alignment with the company's top three objectives. So how will a driver uh, explain those three objectives for the, his role as a driver? The reason I'm saying that is because I really want mm -hmm. to get the, the listener to understand, okay, yes, 
you on the top, you have your three main objectives, but then it needs to be translated down to each of the people, their specific no, So how do And you I think that's, that is a very good question. It, you know, we, we communicate it daily. Um, when our staff log into their computers, they see the top three objectives. We have it uh, on a board here in the office, so as the drivers come in, they see that. And I hope that they think, you know, when they see these objectives, how it affects them. You know, if I'm a driver and the top objective of the company is to grow by 15%, that means my income is going to increase by 15%, and I want to be a part of that. And, and the other top objective is education. You know, what else can I learn here at City Sprint to be more valuable to the client and to the company? Mm -hmm. And then the other, other thing is profitability. Okay, yeah, I want, you know, I want to be profitable. I want to make money, and I want to also um, be able to have a good living. And so what can I do, you know, by maybe delivering error-free deliveries, uh, always smiling at the end, uh, you know, of a delivery with a customer, that way they keep coming back. So, yes, I mean, it, it trickles down. You also mentioned in the print interview that there is a, you guys developed a priority system for to handle and mitigate loss of specimens. Okay, can you explain what that is? Right. Well, we have zero tolerance for lost specimens, and and it's true chain of custody tracking. Okay. So what what we do is, um, in terms of specimens. We, we have, um, obviously, devices that our couriers use. Uh, they're androids. And then we have location barcodes that the courier comes in and he scans that barcode, and that verifies he's at the right location mm -hmm. on his device. And then he scans in the pieces, and he'll also um, indicate whether they're refrigerated, ambient, or frozen. Mm -hmm. And then um, he, he goes to his delivery. He scans the location barcode again. He verifies he's at the right location for that job. He scans off those specimens, and uh, if everything is scanned off properly, he has no problems, and he's completed his delivery. But if he scans a specimen and it's not part of that job, yeah. it kicks back and says, it's not, this, is, I, this piece cannot be found, then he knows he's got a problem. And at that point, he has to you know, verify he's, he, is, he is scanning the right specimen at the right location. Uh, and if it, if it isn't, then he needs to correct it, obviously. So that's how, so it's verification. It's verifying on the front end that you're at the right location, verifying on the drop location that you're at the right location, and then scanning on and off the specimens. And I'm curious, though, because I'm loving what, I, what I'm hearing. It's like there's a lot of automation involved with this whole thing. But I'm, I'm curious, is, is this something where you guys, as you build the business, as you run into an issue, then you now figure out how to make sure that it doesn't happen again by incorporating into the system so that that error or exception doesn't happen? Right, and yeah, we have, here's another, uh, I, how we collaborate with a client, right? We have yeah. a, a client that um, their issue was um, they didn't have enough staff to staff the, the receiving area in their, their lab, yeah. and all the lab techs were upstairs. And so what would happen is the couriers would come in, they'd scan their barcode, hit a button, they'd let us in. And then we would have to wait for the technician to get on an elevator, come down, and receive the specimen. So what we did was we collaborated, collaborated with the client. They installed a camera, and then we wrote out procedures of what our couriers would do. They would come in. They would scan the location barcode. They would place the specimens underneath the camera, mm -hmm. uh, and then they would hold their ID badge up to the camera. The camera is capturing all this, you know, who's dropping what, and who at what time it's time stamping it. And then we also have a QR code 
that our courier scan, and that inserts what time they were there and um, that they were actually at the right location. And then that our courier takes a picture of that uh, QR code, and that indicates that he was at the right location when he dropped those specimens. So now the client just has to come down at the end of the day, and all their specimens are there. They've been delivered. So that was kind of a unique way of working with that client. You, you can and see it, all the smiles on my face. I'm excited when I hear technology and how technology is working like right. this. But, I, but I'm assuming that back then in the day before the technology, this, yeah. what were you guys doing? Well, <laughs> how were you guys managing this? Right. It was crazy. You know, you had a phone, <laughs> you had a beeper, or you had a two-way radio and paper, lots of paper. Everything had Every delivery had a delivery ticket, a piece of paper, and you had to get a signature, etc. Uh, so we've slowly, you know, over the years, I've been in this business 30 years, and, and it's, I mean, to, I can honestly say that today it is a lot easier in mm-hmm. the process of doing deliveries, although it's much more competitive and almost commoditized, yeah. but it's still, you know, uh, these are great times we're living in in terms of technology, obviously. Uh, some of the other things that we've done that we found that, you know, when especially with lab technicians, when they're working with specimens, et cetera, and we're, we're coming into a lab and we're delivering more, oftentimes the lab technician would be, I guess, annoyed that they'd have to take their gloves off to sign on, you know, sign our device or whatever. And then, of course, the couriers were worried about contamination, you know, contamination yeah. with my stylus or touching my phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we came up with QR codes. And uh, if a client wants, we offer this to them. Uh, we will create QR code badges for their lab techs with their name on it, etc. And when the courier comes in to deliver the specimens and he wants to obtain a signature, all that lab technician has to do is hold up their QR code, mm-hmm. and then the courier takes uh, scans it, takes a picture of it, and he's on his way. And it actually inserts that person's name into the signature field along with the picture verifying that they took a picture of that badge. It was the correct picture, I mean the correct badge, excuse me. And so that saved the client time. Wow. I mean, just hearing you say all this, the I mean, QR code was just a couple of years it came out. So I'm right. like to my, myself, I'm listening to you, I'm saying, how does she keep up with the technology? I mean, it's, this is impressive. <laughs> well, and, you know, certainly we collaborate with uh, other couriers in the industry and also with our um, – our software vendor, eCourier. I mean, they're okay. a wonderful partner. Um, they are very, uh, um, I guess, receptive to requests for changes or, or software uh, fixes or ideas. And um, and oftentimes, you know, if it benefits mankind, they don't charge us for these these uh, additions, these you know, programming, etc. As long as it benefits everyone else, we're good with it. Just and makes so- us that much better. And so how do you now track and verify results being delivered by your employees? That's a good question. Um, you know, we it, we have in our system, we can certainly track the performance of an individual in terms of uh, their tasks, what they have to do with, mm-hmm. uh, with regards to capturing an order or, uh, you know, placing an order for a customer. We can, we can capture the time, how long it took them to do it, how accurate it was. Uh, in terms of dispatch, we can capture um, the decision time from the time the order came in to the time the dispatcher made the decision to assign it to the closest driver, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also we can capture and measure uh, what we call turnaround time, the actual time it took from the time the order was placed to it was delivered. How much time does it take uh, to do this delivery? 
and we can report that back to the client as well. Yeah, you also mentioned that you you guys have as part of your tracking uh, some uh, employ uh, employees. Em I'm, I'm jumbling my words. Employee satisfaction uh, surveys. Is that like yes. you're tracking from the uh, customer side what the experience was? Right. We we do um, annually. We do uh, a customer survey, customer mm -hmm. service survey with our clients, and obviously we do it through uh, constant contact. And also with our employees, we do a uh, survey of employee satisfaction each year. We collaborate with Insperity, our HR department, who comes in and helps us. They facilitate the survey, and then they deliver the results. And then we, uh, we have a Q&A with the employees on the results, and then we, from that we have action plans. And, and uh, action items, you know, what are okay. we going to do to improve some okay. of the challenges that we have, you know, whether it's better communication or better onboarding of the employee or whatever, you know. And then we, we, uh, we create teams and we want everyone involved in the process because not, not one person has all the knowledge or the ideas. Yeah. And and we'll, go, and, go ahead. I don't know why I'm, I'm just jump, you know, jumping into you. I'm so excited. I'm not letting you finish your conversation, but you go ahead and, and answer. Sorry. Well, no, I was just <laughs> going to say that, you know, we, we want the employees to collaborate as well. We want their input. Um, it's so important because, uh, and we want them to stat, uh, to challenge the status quo. I think you know? it also goes back to that, your system of saying having 3D, because now right. you're involving them with this part of also, you know, after getting the results and the surveys, you know, getting action points, you're involving them back so it's collaborative and you can improve the system. I'm, I'm right, yeah. They, they, they can, uh, they, and then also in the process of training them 3D and learning other positions in the company, they have a whole appreciation for what the other person does. Definitely. And, and since, yeah. the, since your, your business now, uh, you've set it up so that it literally runs without you. I'm just curious, what's been the longest time you've been away from the business? A month. That's nice. Yes. What, what were you doing? <laughs> Where did I go? I was I went to Europe. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now, you know, now, how would you say your business has been transformed as a result of systematizing it? Well, I mean, uh, it, it certainly uh, was a testament when, when I, we lost our one of our key leaders, uh, one of the owners of this past yeah. year, it, it was a testament to how we had the systems in place and so the company could continue to run, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, and right now, without uh, having this other partner here, we have already have uh, looked and reorganized the organization to where it can run with just one leader, uh, but we're also developing other leaders as well. We've, we've uh, added some new positions here, uh, and we're in the process of training because we're looking at long-term, three, five years out, what is the succession plan for even myself? Yeah. Uh, who's going to succeed me? Because the unthinkable can happen at any time. Yeah. And so how do you see your personal life has been transformed as a result of, you know, systematizing your business? Well, I, I sleep better at night, <laughs> of course. Uh, you know, it, uh, I don't know. It, that's a good question. I, it, I haven't really thought about it other than the fact that it's just peace of mind. Yeah, and with all this, you know, free time that you now have and peace of mind like you just mentioned, where do you find yourself, where, where do you focus the most now on in your business? Uh, operations still, clearly, and in the dispatch, because that's where it all happens. I mean, obviously, a lot of the data that we used to capture on the front end ourselves, now we have interfaces with our clients. So mm -hmm. they capture the data themselves and push it to us. Okay. Or we're going out, we're pulling and getting it. So 
basically they enter it. We touch that data once. They enter it once, and then it comes over into our system. Sometimes we have to scrub the data a little bit, but for the most part, when it comes over, it's clean data, and all we have to do is assign it to a driver uh, or, you know, the closest driver or whatever. So um, I'm not sure where I was going with that. Where you, where you focus now? So, what I hear from so, that is so we focus on the dispatch, and, and, and so it's the, the specimen pickup, verifying we're getting the right specimen, we're at the right location, to delivering it and uh, meeting the customer's you know, goal of de their deadline time, whatever. So it's overall satisfaction. And what I get from that is like, you know, you now tend to focus more instead of inside of the business and doing stuff, you're focusing more on improving the system, exactly. like working on right. the business. That's what I get from that. As a matter of fact, uh, before I had this meeting, yeah. we were we were reviewing our dispatch procedures mm -hmm. and we're, you know, we're, we're filling in the holes in some areas that we feel that need to be revamped. Um, yeah. And so it's good to look at, to review your systems and your procedures often. You know, never just take things for granted. Well, that's the way we've always done it. That's our procedure. No, we need to review it. We need to challenge it and see what we can do to improve it. Uh, one of the things that, one of the challenges we had was, um, well, before, you know, with some routes, we, we pick up multiple, multiple specimens. I mean, maybe bagfuls of specimens. Yeah. And every once in a while, a specimen may fall out of one of those bags. And so, and when you get these bags of specimens, there's only one barcode, and it's on the outside of that one big bag. So you really mm -hmm. don't know how many specimens are in that bag, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, we we had had the issue of a courier overlooking the specimen that had fallen out or maybe didn't know it had fallen out, yeah. and they may not find it for a day or so, right? They were in this deep in the crevice of their bag or whatever. Yeah. So one of the things we implemented was um, at the end of each courier's, uh, I guess, day, mm -hmm. they have to send us a picture of their bag that's empty. It has to be an empty bag, and, and so we have verification. And in this process, we have found, had couriers, oh, my gosh, I just found a specimen, you know, that had fallen out of a, of a bigger bag. And so we were able to recover quickly, you know, as opposed to having that specimen sit overnight or over the weekend or whatever. So that's a, a process or a procedure that um, has really saved us on several occasions in the past, and so it, so certainly that has paid off. What I love about what you just said, it sounds like you know when there is an issue, it's now an opportunity for you to figure out. Okay, there's an issue not because of the person, but it's an issue because of the system. How do we create a much better system or enhance the system we have so that that issue never happens again? That's what I'm getting from that. Right, and that is what we do almost on a daily basis, and and that's why we've come up with a, what we call a CAR, a corrective action report. So anytime there's ever an issue, a service failure, whatever. We uh, resolve it quickly, and uh, and then we examine it, and we say, okay, what could we have done differently to prevent it from happening? And then moving forward, what systems, procedures did we put in place um, to keep it from happening again? And we share this with the client as well. We want them to know. We want them to be reassured that, number one, this was very important to us. Number two, we're all about preventing it from happening again. Yeah, and during the interview, you mentioned that because when I asked the question of like now with all this free time, what what else are you focusing on? You mentioned that you're you're also focusing on growth strategies in your right. business. Can you talk about that? Right. Uh, you know, certainly the the career industry is a mature industry, mm -hmm. and um, 
a lot of our competitors are starting to come after the medical business as well. They're finding yeah. that, okay, our paper has gone away, and now we're going to have to learn how to pick up and deliver medical, you know, the training, the equipment, etc. So there's a lot of challenges there. And one of the things that we are looking at is, okay, what's the next big movement mm-hmm. in the delivery industry, especially for a local courier service? And so we're looking at, um, you know, retail to consumer. You know, what is that going to look like in the next two to five years? Okay, so we got disconnected and we're back. So you were answering the question about, you know, now with this free time that you have, because you've systematized the business, you're now focusing on where next to take the business and continue with the answer. Right. So we're looking at, well, uh, strategically, from a strategic standpoint, where do we want to be next? Obviously, we're in Austin. We're in San Antonio. Now we're looking at Houston. Mm -hmm. And how are we going to get there? Um, You know, certainly we can do it with acquisitions and also Mm -hmm. organic growth with our existing customers. So um, that is our strategy for 2004 is to have at least one acquisition, if not two. You mean 2014? (laughs) <laughs> that meant that. Did I say 2004, 2014? Yes, yeah. focus on uh, opening up in Houston. Okay. and so That is our strategic plan. And, and so far, you know, th- this interview is, you know, someone who's listening to this is someone who is interested in, you know, systematizing their business, and they've just learned how, you know, the systems you have in place in your own business. What would you say is the very next step that someone listening to this so this point in the interview should take to get started with you know, having a business that can run without them successfully? But, well, I think they need to, number one, examine uh, what, what are they good at, Yeah. right? And what is their core business and focus on that. And then anything else outside of that, consider outsourcing it, you know, letting an expert do that. Um, and then, you know, obviously uh, examine your processes and your procedures and how you can you know, document those. It's very important to document because if you're not around, somebody has to be able to pick it up and do it, right? Yeah. Uh, and then train 3D. It's, it, you know, it's, it's really simple. Just train, training, training, constantly training. Yeah. And, and I'm curious, this whole mindset you have, I'm sure, I'm sure that it has to have been influenced by some books or something. So what, what books will you say have influenced you uh, the most and why? Especially- right. Uh, Go ahead. Well, one book in particular, um, it's um, Bob Prozen's book. What's uh, the title? Bob Prozen is, and I'm trying to think. My mind just went blank on the title. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, let, let me see if I can Google it real quick. Bob, yeah, uh, it's uh, Bob oh Prozen. Bob Prozen. P R O S E N, and it's 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 really challenging. What you thought was Business is not. I'm trying to think. It's got a unique name to his book. I can get it. Well, if I have it up here or not, we, I don't think I have it here. I'm online right now, so let me see if I can find it. So, yeah, Bob Prozen is. Oh, is it called? Name. Is it called Kiss Theory Goodbye? Yeah, the, yes, Kiss Theory Goodbye. Know was, <laughs> you know, what we always thought about how to run a business, it's not right. You know, kiss it, kiss the theory goodbye. This is really how you run a business. And he talks about there are five components of a business. You know, there's customer service, there's, there's you know, sales, there's operations, there's finances, and, uh, and then, you know, obviously people. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I even checked the name so that that way the listeners can get that resource and check yeah. it out. So yeah, Kiss, Carry Goodbye is a great book to read if you're running a business. Yeah. And it talks about, you know, 
the top three objectives. Always make sure your your employees and everyone knows what the top three objectives are of the company. And what's the best way for the listener to connect with you? And thank you for doing this interview. Um, they can certainly email me, tpatterson at citysprint.com. And will you also be willing to, you know, continue this conversation, uh, assuming the listener has a question about something that we, we're covering during this interview that I didn't get to ask you, will you be willing to uh, engage them in the comments? That way sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, listener, you're hearing that. If you have a question uh, that, you know, you, you think maybe I didn't answer, and I, I didn't ask uh, uh, Tammy, just go ahead and leave a question in the comments and... Hopefully, we'll get her to, to respond. And, and one more question for you. Uh, is there a question that you, you were wishing that I asked you during this interview before one reason or the other? I didn't ask you the question. If so, pose the question and you know, just talk about it. No, I can't think of anything. I really can't. I think, I think one thing I can think of is in, initially in the beginning of the interview, I said that I did my research, which, was, which turned out to be wrong, and thought you guys right. were a franchise. So I, I want to make sure that we clarify that in the mind of the listener that you know, I made that mistake. So... Explain that you you not you not you guys are not the franchise. No, we're not. No, we each individually own our own company, but we um, we as a group, there's a group of us, there's eight of us that uh, own the asset one eight hundred deliver one eight hundred deliver dot com city sprint, and so we um, we keep that website up and running, and yeah. if you want to click on it, you can go to any city you want to and place an order. I'm glad I actually clarified that because I wanted to make sure that I, I, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. And so now I'm speaking to you, the listener. Uh, if you've enjoyed this interview so far, you know, what I want you to do is go ahead and leave a uh, a review on uh, on iTunes. And to do that, you go to sweetprocess.com forward slash iTunes and, you know, leave a positive review. The reason why is because the more reviews you leave on iTunes, the more other people, will, uh, other entrepreneurs will, you know, be exposed to the interview, and the more entrepreneurs we have exposed to the interview, the more excited I am to go out there and get more guests like Tammy to come on in and, and discuss the, 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 the how their business works. You know, this is process breakdown. You see how we go behind the scenes and talk about how our business works. Yeah, leave reviews. We get more people exposed to it, and uh, we grow, we grow this podcast. And finally, if you are at the stage in your business where uh, you tired of being a bottleneck and you can no longer be the only one that knows how stuff gets done well you want to start documenting procedures and a tool you can use is called sweet process you can sign up for a free 14-day trial of sweet process tammy thanks for doing the interview you're welcome thank you for the opportunity and we're done <laughs> all right good